You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Cock. This programme is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8, and in it I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And my guest tonight is in New York. Her name is Caroline Christie. Uh, she teaches at the Regis High School and she's a head of technology integration and she teaches computer science. Good evening and welcome to People of Note. Good evening, Richard. I think technology is amazing that here we are in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and there you are in the United States of America talking to us. I guess it's sort of evening for us, but sort of late morning for you. And uh, the first question I'm going to ask you is, uh, it's obvious from your accent that you are South African. And how long have you been in the States? I've now been in the States for 25 years, more or less. I came here in 1996. That's amazing. 1996. And you were just, uh, you sang in my choir in South Africa. And one day you yeah. came and told me that you'd won a green card in a lottery. Just tell us how that worked. Okay, so basically, um, a friend of mine told me, no, I, sorry, I saw it in the newspaper, and they wanted 2000 Rand for the entry. And I didn't have that sort of money. And then a friend told me, you just go to the consulate and write them a letter. And, um, and they sent me an address. And you send that letter to Portland in the USA, which I did. And then it came back with a whole lot of forms. And I had to fill all of those in in September. And then I heard I had an interview the following year. And basically, um, that, that lets you into the USA. They give you the green card. The whole idea of, is to maintain diversity of the population in the USA. And... Um, South Africa isn't highly represented, so they basically have, 50, I think it's uh, 15,000 a year, no, 165,000, and each country gets so many. And that particular year when Mandela came to power, they gave us 1,500 green cards, and normally they would only give you 800 or 700. And so I had a good chance of getting in, but the, in the following years, it's oversubscribed and it's a lot harder to get in. Quite but amazing. That's how I got card yes and have you ever met any of other south africans who got a green card in a lottery yes because we meet once a, a month for drinks not since covid but we meet in the city for drinks and a lot of the people there au pairs come but a lot of others have won and then um, on facebook i come across a lot of south africans who've won because there's a lot of us in the usa all around and i belong to a lot of the groups how amazing and of course you you had special skills as a computer expert and which you've put to good use yes yes well i spent nine years uh, working as a trainer which i had done in south africa in the business world and they sent you rushing around new york everywhere and they give you the book and they tell you you know you're teaching this tomorrow go learn it and so i ran around all all the boroughs of new york to teach and then eventually decided to go back to um high school teaching and just explain to us, high school in America is, what is the equivalent here in South Africa? In South Africa, we go from grade 9 to 12. In South Africa, it would be grade 8 to 12, or the old standard 6, where we start in the equivalent of standard 7, which is grade 9. Is it a private school or a state school or what? Our school is a very special school. Um, in 1914, uh, a lady uh, had a lot of money. And St. Ignatius is a Catholic church across the road run by the Jesuits. And she had decided that she wanted to help young men get a better education. And she spoke to the priest across the road and said, I've got this money and I'd like to start a school for young men who are very intelligent, very bright, but are not getting the opportunity to get a good education. And I'd like them to get a free education. And basically she started a sort of a bursary and that school continued, and they supported that school for all these years. It was 100 years in, in 2014. And um, to this day, no kid ever has to pay fees. And we choose them by, they do a test, and they get recommended from their primary school, and we interview them, but they never charge any fees. So they get an opportunity for a really good education that they otherwise would never have. And um, the family... Um, 
one, have all died out now, but um, we still keep the the grant going. But we still have to we still now have to raise money as well to make sure that they that we can be the only free Jesuit Catholic school in the country. That's amazing. Uh, and how many students are there? There are about 500. We take about 128 every year. And the beauty is they never leave. We, they, we keep the same student body the whole four years. So you don't have people coming in or out because once they're in, that's the end of it. We don't take other students. And, and it's such a privilege to be there and free. Uh, so yes. they don't want to drop out, I guess. No, and the quality of this, the, the kids, it's unbelievable. They just want to study. On a Friday in the afternoon in the library, you actually have to kick them out at five <laughs> o'clock because they want to go home. That's a fantastic <laughs> story. And I noticed that your, your opening piece is Take My Hand, Precious Lord. And that's, I guess, what this uh, lady did. And so let's listen to that, and then you can tell us about it. Take my hand, precious Lord, the choice of Caroline Christie, who's my guest in People of Note. What's the story behind that, Caroline? There is this young man in the choir that I'm currently in, and when the COVID started, everyone was stuck at home, and one day he, on Facebook, posted this absolutely beautiful video of him singing Take My Hand, Precious Lord, and he has this beautiful bass voice, and it was absolutely amazing. I've always loved the music, but the way he sang it, it was even just it blew me away so obviously saint ignatius church is obviously a central point also although it's not on the campus it's obviously important in the life of the school yes because it's a jesuit school and then this is a jesuit parish and so basically we're affiliated with them and um, you actually came to that church you remember we met in new york i remember and i went to a church that was the church Okay, I remember that when I was visiting New York. Gosh, that's a long time ago, too. Uh, yeah, quite yeah. quite amazing. Uh, and, and we have our masses there, and we have our graduation there, so we're very closely affiliated. And is the school quite diverse? Absolutely, that's the beauty, because a lot of the students have never really uh, mixed with other types of people because they stay in their own neighborhoods. And in our case, well, they come as far as Connecticut. Some of them travel every day, an hour and a half from Connecticut and New Jersey and New York. Um, so it's a really mixed population, yes. That's incredible. I'm talking to Caroline Christie, who is uh, an ex-member of one of my choirs in South Africa. And 25 or 26 years ago, she won a green card in a lottery. And you were in New York, I seem to remember, when the Twin Towers went down. That's right. That was I'd been there five years when that happened. And so were, were was, you actually in New York, the city? Yes, I was down there right near Wall Street because we had two places. You know, I was teaching for this uh, company called New Horizons, which was a computer training company. And we had a, a business in, in, 40, in, we were on 34th Street, and we had another location next to the stock exchange in Wall Street. And on that particular day, I had begun my class. You normally started chatting to people and getting to know them and, um, you only started teaching at nine, and then one of the students said to me that a plane hit the World Trade Center, and I tried to get online to see what was going on, and nothing, I couldn't get online. I think that the uh, internet had already gone down, and then about a half an hour later, they told me another plane had hit, and then we were told to evacuate, and so we went downstairs, and all the whole building was sort of standing in the lobby, and we weren't allowed out, and I never knew why. And then when we got outside, there was like a half an inch of ash or more, and that first building had already collapsed. And so that's why they didn't let us out. And then they let us out, and we had to start just going somewhere. And so I was with a friend who was working with me, and we decided to walk back to Midtown. We were down right at the lower end of Manhattan, and so we started walking up. A lot of other people went to the Brooklyn Bridge, and then... Eventually, we got to a church that was de uh, handing out apples and water, and um, that was very welcome. And then we stopped actually to have some lunch because we were starving. We hadn't had anything, and there didn't seem to be any huge hurry. It was quite weird. And then we kept walking, and we eventually got to. Um, at that time, we had moved to 42nd Street from the original location, and then they were all just leaving. And I, at the time, lived in Queens. 
So I joined a group of us who then started walking across to Queens, which required us to move over this bridge from which you could see the burning towers. And that was, we left at about quarter to 10. I got back to Queens at around four o'clock, rather exhausted, but happy that we were safe. Yeah, what an amazing story. And uh, we're going to listen to your next choice of music now. And after this, I just want you to tell me about your choir connections, because you were a member of the Witz Choir. And one of the things you sang was the Missa Criola. So we're going to listen to the Kyrie from the Missa Criola. That was the Kyrie from the Missa Criola, the choice of Caroline Christie, my guest in People of Note. And Caroline, your choir singing has stood you in good stead, I think, and it's been a good way for you to get into various communities. Been fabulous. It's just something I love, and you meet people who love music. It's the best way to connect with people. And uh, um, yes, I, I have been in a choir since I was at university. As you were asking, I joined the Witz Choir soon after I got to Witz, and uh, I'm all my best friends are still from that choir. Um, we're still close, and I, they're in South Africa, and we're still in touch. And um, what what happened one year was that we went to we made a tour to South America. Um, we had to raise money. We worked really hard, and we toured Brazil, we toured uh, Paraguay, and we went to Argentina. And I think that's why the Missa Criola makes you know means so much to me. We had a wonderful time getting to know the people in South America. And I think you had quite a charismatic director there. Yeah, we had quite a couple, but the first one, Doug Reed, was the one that sort of blew everyone away. And then one of my friends, we, we invited him to conduct Jimmy Fantonda, and he did a, did a couple of years, and uh, it was fabulous. It was an amazing choir, and we toured every uh, winter. We would tour somewhere, and then in the summer, we used to go around all the old-age homes and hospitals and sing Christmas carols, and that was a fabulous time to get to know each other, and we'd end up having coffee at someone's house. So we really formed a close friendships, and a lot of people met and married from that choir. And are you still singing in a choir in the States? Yes, so now I joined what's called the Community Choir at St. Ignatius Doyola, the Jesuit Church. That choir is, is for people like me who aren't professional singers. We sing at some of the masses, we sing at the Christmas concert, and um, we sing at some mass where, where we honor people who have died. So we sing different places, and we, we practice every Tuesday. They then have something called the Pro Choir, and these are the professional singers, and they are paid. It's, it's part of their job, and they sing every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass, and um, a lot of them sing in opera, and they sing at synagogues, and they sing all over the show, and they are absolutely amazing, very, very talented. And then they also have two training choirs for young kids um, under 14, and um, that is also run by St. Ignatius Church, so altogether, there are four choirs. Gosh, so the director of music is kept pretty busy. And then, yeah, and then the church runs concerts all the time. They call it sacred music in a sacred space. So they bring people from all over to come and sing. And that way they raise money for the music program, which is, is how they then pay all the singers. And it's a, an amazing music program that Fantastic. they run. Sadly. It's been a bit decimated this year. Yeah. But your next choice is a piece appropriate for this time of the year, a Christmas cantata, and you're gonna, we're going to hear the Gloria. Uh, just let's listen to it, and then you can tell us about that. That was the Gloria from the Christmas cantata. I think that's the one by Daniel Pinkham, if I remember correctly. That's correct, yes. Yes, which we've done with my choir here, too, because you sang in my choir for, what, 16 years or so before you left. Actually, I joined your choir in 1982. Two, and so I was there until 1994. Okay, 12 years. Well, it was mm -hmm. a good time, and you were very active in the choir. And one of the other pieces we sang, uh, which we all remember quite well, was African Sanctus. Mm -hmm. Do you remember doing that? We did it in St. Mary's Cathedral. I've never forgotten it. And, and he actually, David Fanshawe, came out to meet us for one of the performances. And I was just blown away by the, the way you had to have the headphones and the, the two pieces going together. And I remember the, with the rain and the frogs, it, it was just an amazing piece. But um, the Our Father was the one that kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. Have you ever heard it again, perhaps in America? 
I haven't heard it there, and not a lot of them have heard of it because I've mentioned it to them, and I've tried to get them to at least listen to the Our Father. But I have a recording, and so I do listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was very popular here. We haven't done it for some years now, but uh, it was very popular here. And here comes the Our Father from the African Sanctus. That was Our Father from the African Sanctus by David Fanshaw. The choice of Caroline Christie, who's my guest in People of Note, she's a teacher at the Regis High School in New York, and she's in charge of technology integration and computer science. Perhaps you should tell us a bit about what technology integration means. Well, when I joined the school, there were a lot of people who were very terrified of computers, particularly the, the faculty who hadn't sort of used them that much. It's changed now. You know, people are much more into it. But my job was to help them learn what they needed to use when they were teaching. And because uh, I have all the skill sets and I'm a teacher, I was able to help them um, get more comfortable with computers. Because the worst thing with computers I've found is if you have the sort of person who when you ask questions, they look all impatient and then they start getting um, uptight because you're asking the same question twice. And you can't have that because then you terrify people and then they don't learn at all and they just stop asking. You have to be patient and sometimes repeat yourself three or four times. That's how people learn. So basically that was the, the job that I had as well as I'm teaching computer science to the students at the school. And I guess the, the kids pick it up quite quickly, but it's the adults who take time. Right. Although it's much, much better now. You know, it's yeah. definitely changed. People are much more comfortable. But um, the one thing we do differently to a lot of schools is we've made it compulsory in both grade 9 and 10 that they have to do computer science because we feel that you can't go through this world without a knowledge. And what a lot of the students coming from primary school, they've had computers, but they've played games or they've, they've done some bits of PowerPoint, but they've never really used computers in, a, let's say, a sense of, of how it will be in real life. And so we try and teach them the technology that they would use when they go to college. And most of them say, wow, I had no idea that computers were like that, that it could get so interesting. And, and a lot of them then go off and take computer science um, later. And then it becomes optional as they move up the school. Then you start getting those kids who are really into technology. And I detect that many of these kids, because of their, their mental qualities, go on to college after leaving you. Almost all of them. It's it's basically a given, a hundred percent. They get into the top colleges, and uh, they do. And a lot of them get scholarships because they um, they come, as you know, they don't all have the means, and so they do get into good colleges, and they get full ride scholarships. Fantastic. Well, your next choice is a hymn: "Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah." Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah, to the famous tune Kumaronda. The choice of Caroline Christie, my guest in People of Note. She's a technology and uh, computer expert at a school in New York. And uh, when you said earlier that they were boys, is it all boys or is it a mixed school, boys and girls? Yeah, no, in those days, boys were, let's say, more able to be educated in 1914. They chose to educate boys more. And so that was how the school was started. And they've often talked about having girls, but we don't want to change the flavor of this school. They often look at running the similar school for girls, you know, but that hasn't kind of happened yet. Is that quite unusual in the States to have a single-sex school? No, no, there's quite a lot of them, actually. There's kind of a, a wave sometimes of people thinking that a single-sex school isn't a bad idea. <laughs> because the boys certainly are more sort of tuned when they don't have the... Well, we mix with the girls for shows and concerts and... Yeah. And they have a, a debating group. And so the girls are always around, but just not in the school itself. Yeah. Good. And your next choice is All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. That was All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. And I guess these hymns uh, you must have sung with me many times in Songs of Praise, for example, out here. Yeah, I loved Songs of Praise. I've got all the CDs that I from those times, and I, I loved it. And this hymn, yes, absolutely loved it. So do you still listen to your South African CDs? I've got everything. I've got so many, and I have them all on an iPod. And certainly when I'm on the airplane, I nonstop listen to all of those. I love this. Yeah, absolutely yeah. listen to them. 
And I guess you haven't been on an airplane much recently. No, not not since, uh, uh, gosh, two years now. I'd yeah. say. Just how have things been in the States with COVID? Because we hear these amazing stories of how many people have contracted the disease, how many have died. And are people really taking it seriously there? Well, there's a whole, became a political, it was ridiculous, because now if you wear a mask in some of the states, they get all upset and they start, this one mayor has actually resigned because they were threatening her because she told them they needed to wear masks and they were coming around her house and threatening her. And so the, it's become a political thing that people don't want to wear masks because basically it seemed to be that Trump made it that, you know, it's not a good idea. So depending on which state you're in, New York has been very strict and we all wear masks and there's no problem at all. But some of the states, it's become a whole political issue. And those, some of them have got really bad COVID where we actually brought it right down. It's coming back a bit now, but we did very well um, after the initial wave in keeping it down because people listen and they wear the masks. And and you haven't had the variants yet that we've got here in South Africa and, and they've got in the UK now. No, we're trying to stop it by they're looking at banning the planes, and but they haven't succeeded yet. But they're trying to because everything comes through New York. The first wave, all the planes were landing here. Apparently, that's why we got it so badly. So they're trying to make sure it doesn't happen a second time. Yeah. Um, and how have you how have you coped in your school? I mean, as a computer expert, presumably you've been in great demand for online stuff. Well, what happened was they knew about this happening. And um, within a day, we were told we're going to be teaching on Zoom at home. And we had one day of learning Zoom. And then we were at home. And that was in March, March the 17th, I think it was. And from then on, we taught at home for the rest of the year. And we started the school year back again on Zoom. The our freshmen, which is grade nine, who've never finally been in the building in the last two weeks, but had never, ever been into the school building. So uh, we've been teaching on Zoom for most of the time. And we finally, just the last few weeks, started what's called a hybrid, which meant the kids could stay at home if they wanted to, or they could come to school. Because a lot of them have grandparents, and they don't want to risk the kid bringing the disease home. Yeah. But uh, that's what we've been doing. Gosh, so your skills and the, the, the skills that you've given to the boys in the school have been much in demand. Yes, yes, and I've been helping, like I have one friend, and we spent the whole weekend just before the, the, the Zoom started, I was helping him. He's a South African as well. We knew each other since university, and so I had to help him get all, all organized with this. That's amazing. And your next choice of music is actually an organ piece from King's College, Cambridge. And I noticed, because uh, you sent me a link to your church, uh, St. Ignatius, uh, with their carols, and it looks like a beautiful organ in the church. It's It's been revamped, apparently. I think it was uh, 10 years ago. They spent lots and lots of money, and uh, it's a very, very beautiful organ and uh, very well regarded. And the organist who'd been there for many, many years, I didn't know her too well. Nancy Pariella was her name, and she died a few years ago, so we now have a new guy. But it is an absolutely beautiful organ, and they maintain it in tip-top condition. But it does need a lot of money, yes. <laughs> well, and you would hear something like this at this time of year. This is uh, In Dulce Jubilo by Johann Sebastian Bach. What a fantastic piece that is, and it sounds great on a, on a big organ. Uh, such as King's College or the one that you've got in the church in the USA. Because I'm talking to Caroline Christie, who's my guest in People of Note. She's in New York, New York State, I guess it is, is it? Well, I'm in New York State, yes, because I'm on Long Island, but I work in New York City in Manhattan. So there it is. Uh, that was the organ voluntary in Dulce Jubilo, very appropriate for this time of the year and well chosen. So uh, how have you found adapting to the American way of life? It was, it was, it, there's a lot in common that we have, but then there's a lot of things that Americans see differently. But uh, I think I'm pretty adaptable. So I learned all the ways and I'm quite happy to do whatever and, you know, and join in. Um, but there are a lot of cultural differences, but I think you just have to accept and, and, and do whatever is around you. But um, there's a lot of lovely things here that I never had before. And 
these other things which you miss sometimes from South Africa. And uh, what is amazing to me is that you've been there, you say, 25 years or so, but your your speech is just the same as when you left here. I don't notice any yes. difference, which is amazing. Yeah, no, the young people pick it up more quickly. I have had to change the way I say certain things, you know. You've got to say bathroom and you've got to say text, by the way, because if you say text, they think you're saying T-I-X-T. Our E sounds like an I to them. So there are certain words that I've learned to have to spread them out and say them in the American way. So that's that's taken a while. Yes, and my favorite is momentarily because I would sit on the subway and they would say, we will be moving momentarily. And in South Africa, momentarily meant it's on and then it's off and then it's on and then it's off. Here it means in a while we'll be moving at some point. Yeah, and Matuba Tuba has just sent me a message here uh, for our listeners. Matuba Tuba is the guy who helps me put these programs together, my technological assistant. And he's written here, Zebra. Ah, yes, that's the one. They always say zebra, and I say to them, no, this is our animal, and it's from our country, so we call it zebra. <laughs> there we go. So Matabataba is testing you now. Yes. Now, and your next choice of piece is uh, something that I think you heard on SAA. Yes, yes. When you The old SAA plane used to have this classical channel and when you were, you know, you left at 11 in the day, which was already coming nighttime in South Africa, and they just turned off the lights and left you to sleep, and then I would have this on, and every time this came on, I'd never heard it before. I was blown away by it, and then tried to find out more about it, but it, it, it is so beautiful, and so, yes, so every time I went on the plane, I would try and listen to it, and eventually I managed to get a recording of it. And this is from the Trojans, uh, Nuit d'Ivresse. That was uh, a piece from the Trojans by Berlioz, Nuit d'Ivresse, the choice of Caroline Christie, my guest in People of Note. Funny enough, for a couple of years, I did those programs on SAA, uh, but then they stopped uh, inviting me to do them. They got someone else to do them eventually, but I did. I got one free flight out of that, doing oh, those programs, which is yeah. very nice. But it yeah, hasn't well, happened. Now you bring your own music. <laughs> yeah, now you bring your own music, and actually SAA doesn't fly too much anymore. Uh, so no. maybe they gave away too many free tickets. Um, now, you said you sang in, in the choir at St. Ignatius, the community choir. Do they also do oratorios, like uh, perhaps For a Requiem or Christmas cantatas and so on? They do, they do a, every May, they do a big piece where we combine with the, all the choirs. And uh, we did do Vivaldi's Gloria. And um, every year they do, we were going to do um, the Requiem. Um, for, not for, we, we, we were preparing, I'm trying to remember what it was now, but we, we, every year they do a big work in May. And, and you join in that? And we are, but we combine with the pro choir, so yeah. and then the children's choir can join us. And I guess most of these pieces you will have done at some stage, certainly in choirs here in South Africa. Some of them, yes. Some, yeah. yes. Well, um, you were an exemplary member of the Symphony Choir of Johannesburg when you sang in it, or the SABC Choir, as it was known as those, in those days. And one of the pieces we used to do fairly regularly was the Requiem by Gabriel Faure. And you've chosen the final movement from it, um, in Paradiso, and uh, just tell us a little bit about this connection. Yes, so when we were singing it, um, my mother, I think it was my mother who had just died, and, and it was like just thinking of them going up into heaven, and uh, it just sang, sang to me, it's a beautiful sort of thought of someone died that they are going on and upwards, and it seems to, the music helps you see that very clearly. And here it comes, In Paradiso, from the Foray Requiem. That was In Paradiso, from the Foray Requiem. The choice of Caroline Christie. She's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027 from Johannesburg in South Africa. And my guest is from New York. 
Caroline Christie, who is a South African but has been living in New York for 25 years now. Actually, I think you've been in touch with uh, another ex-student of mine, Craig Tocher, if I'm not mistaken. We are very good friends, and usually at Christmas I would have been going to him, and um, we spend Easter's together and all those those times. And he is uh, doing. He teaches at a school called Sacred Heart in Manhattan. It's a girl, all girls Catholic school. He's the music person, and he also runs the choir at the Congregational Church in Manhasset. He's the music uh, director, and he does these beautiful concerts every year. I go to all his concerts. They do phenomenal work, so very talented. And uh, yeah, and we stay in touch. We're very good friends. And so there's quite a South African community there that you are part of. Yes, I also got in touch, interesting enough, with the consulate when I first came here because they reached out. And one interesting thing was when democracy had been going for five years, they asked if anyone wanted to join a choir for a very special concert. And all the ladies from the consulate were in the choir. And I went all the way up into the Bronx where they had a Lutheran church that they all belonged to. And we sang this beautiful concert with all these African songs to celebrate five years of democracy. And uh, um, I, the consulate regularly has events that you get invited to. Um, I've met a lot of interesting people there. Um, and so not only is it South Africans at the drinks, but um, you get to know the South Africans at the consulate. And they invite all sorts of people there. Um, when Mandela died, they had a big event. And so that's quite nice. You get to get involved in all these things. Fantastic. And have you managed to travel around the States much? I have. I've been, you know, one of the things I do is the Computer Society has a conference every year. And so I get to different states depending on where they're having it. And I've got friends in the Carolinas who are new from South Africa. And I've got friends in California and San Francisco. So yeah, I travel around as I can. Fantastic. And do you get good holidays from the school? certainly do because well christmas is about two weeks and then we get a week in february they call that winter break and then we have the summer from the end of june right until the beginning of september oh that's fantastic that's a nice holiday it really is, yes. and uh, have you been back to south africa recently or you said no you haven't traveled for two years or so but are you due yeah, to I come back 17 when i saw you and i haven't been back since because i was coming this year and of course i couldn't yeah well, we look forward to 2021 when maybe we'll see you out here again. And perhaps your next piece is appropriate then. Ah, leave me not to pine. <laughs> that was from the Pirates of Penzance. Ah, leave me not to pine. Uh, the choice of Caroline Christie, my guest in People of Note. Caroline, from your experience, are South Africa sort of on top of the game as far as computers go? I'd say certainly they seem to be. I mean, uh, they, I'm in touch with someone else there that I used to work with. Um, she ran the Damlin Computer School, and we still stay in touch. And she's in all the schools doing computers. She left the Damlin Computer School and started her own business, and she does computer training through all the schools in South Africa, and it seems to be doing really well. So I think they're pretty good. Certainly everyone I know seems to be involved and know what's going on yeah. and be up to date. Yeah, because um, somebody went from here recently to uh, work on computer banking in Canada. And it seems that our computer banking systems are really way ahead of Canada's in some way. The same here in New York, because when I got here, I was used to transferring money on the ATM. And I got here and I couldn't believe how old the ATMs were. But uh, they've gotten a lot better. But yes, I think uh, South Africa tends to be more modern that way sometimes, probably because it's easier to make changes in South Africa. In the States, you need so many yeses and noes from all the states before you can do anything. Oh, because each state is so sort of independent in a way. Yes. Yeah. So it's a lot trickier to get people to make a big decision like that. Yeah. Now, you mentioned just now that you had been singing at the consulate and singing South African songs. One of the, your choices here is a South African song. Just tell us about that, Kers Litki. Well, so you interviewed Anneke Lombard, and, and I had sung this piece before, the Kers Litki, and it was not really a happy version. And then I heard her version, and I, I loved it. 
And then eventually I thought we have to do this. I am and part of what's called the scola at Regis. The boys sing in the liturgical masses and they also play instruments. And by the way, they're incredibly talented. Most of them start playing instruments from a young age and you literally have a talented orchestra if you put all the boys together with all the instruments that they play. And so whenever there's a big mass, the boys play the instruments and we sing with what's called the scola. And so um, I got them to sing this particular song. I spent a bit of time getting them to pronounce the Afrikaans, but they actually loved it. And one guy added a trumpet solo all of his own that wasn't even in the piece. So here it comes, Kersliki. That was a South African Kersliki, which has been sung in New York at uh, the school, uh, Regis High School in New York, where Caroline Christie, who's my guest in People of Note tonight, teaches. Is there an interest in South Africa in the school or in the community in general? Well, there's another teacher there who, as I say, is a friend of mine from the days when I was at Wits, and he teaches biology there, and we've been friends since we were 18 years old. And so with the two of us, yes, they're always interested in, in South Africa, and the parents are always wanting to know more about it, and they love it, and some people have traveled there, and absolutely they're fascinated, particularly by the accent as well, yes. <laughs> so... And do you teach them some, well, obviously with the Kersliki, you taught them some Afrikaans as well. Maybe you should teach them something to sing in an African language. Well, I'd love to do that, but I'm not in charge of sort of the, the, the it was quite a job getting this one in, but I do, I do teach them, I do play them African music. What I do is when they have to create a PowerPoint presentation, then um, I teach them that, you know, I play them African songs and they love it. They're absolutely caught up by the beat and the rhythm. So wherever I can, I definitely do. And there was a parents, uh, they called it Back to School Day, and I did a whole presentation on African music that I researched, and they absolutely loved it. They, 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 they were blown away. People, when you play that music, they just, they, they love it. Yeah, and obviously there's quite a big music program in the school. It's huge, and as I say, and every May then they have a big concert. The one um, concert used to be like the brass band. They, as I say, they literally have an orchestra because the kids are so talented yeah. musically. Fantastic. And your next choice, maybe this is a, a piece that could be done at school too, is from Carminu Burana. This is a piece which we used to sing fairly regularly with the symphony choir when you were in it. Um, mm -hmm. So I expect you've sung this piece several times. Mm -hmm. That's right, and I loved it. This is the movement Floret Silva Nobilis. That was music by Karl Orff, Floret Silva Nobilis, from his cantata uh, Carmina Burana, the choice of Caroline Christie, who's my guest in People of Note. And we were talking about African music then. I expect you have some happy memories of singing in the Standard Bank Arena with the Mast Choir Festival, which Professor Kumala and I used to conduct. Um, and I see your next choice is from that. Uh, this is uh, Two Cocks Crowing. Yes, I love the whole idea of them waking up and apparently the first one starts singing and then slowly everybody wakes up and then you apparently, you know, you start singing um, and eventually the mass choir is, of everyone is singing. And I just love that piece. And when Sibungile Kumalo sung, it was absolutely, you know, it blows you away. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And that whole festival was, I explained to people the beauty of it, you know, the way each choir had to sing their pieces. And then after interval, we the, all those voices were raised to the roof. It was just an amazing event. And, and I tell them, you know, it was a really meaningful and I've told a lot of people about it and yeah. played them this song. I've actually played this song to them and they just love it. Yeah. Sadly, that festival is no more. Um, it lasted about 20 years, starting in uh, 1989. And it was sort of ahead of its time, in a way. It was the brainchild of Agri Claster, the editor of the Sowetan, to bring people together. And I think uh, music does that. We talked about that earlier when you talked about your singing in choirs and so on. And actually, I was very touched by a message from one of the people who put your Christmas program together because she had sung uh, a movement from Handel's Messiah uh, and the Glory of the Lord, and she sang it on her own, just her own part, and she said 
you know, it didn't really make much sense not singing with other people. It was a very touching message from her. It was beautiful. I read that, yes. Yeah. So we're going to listen now to Akala Amakude Amabili, Two Cocks Crowing. That was a wonderful piece called Akala Amakude Amabili, Two Cocks Crowing. And Matabataba here in the studio is pointing to me, saying that's me singing. Uh, because, uh, yes, that was, uh, well, I was involved in that CD. Is that from the CD of Nation Building? That's right, yes. Yeah. yes well, yes. I was very involved in the making of that CD for the 10th anniversary of uh, Nation Building. It was it was a very special uh, CD that was put out for that occasion, and it's got lots of great songs on it. Now, uh, I notice another choice of yours is the Soweto String Quartet, another very South African group. When I left for America, Willie started telling me about this, and he's a friend of mine, and he sent me um, a CD, or I, I forget exactly how, and, and I, I couldn't believe this music. It was just so beautiful that I ended up eventually buying all of their CDs, and I absolutely love their music. Just the combination of sort of classical and jazz all sort of combined in a very, very clever way. Yeah, and actually one of the hallmarks of South African, current South African music, is this crossover. We do quite a lot of it with a big concert called Starlight Classics that we've been doing for the last 20 years, 24 years or something. And it's also all about crossover and the linkages between Africa and uh, symphony orchestras, symphonic kwaito uh, that uh, we put together. It's It's been a really interesting process. And we've got a very rich musical heritage here in South Africa, which you've tapped into actually with your choice of music. I love it all. It's a, it is a very, I have a big mixed love of music. It's not just one genre. So here is Quela from Zebra Crossing by the Soweto String Quartet. That was Quela from Zebra Crossing performed by the Soweto String Quartet. Caroline, you were trained at Witz University and where did you go to school in Joburg? I went to a school called Parktown Convent, which is in Oxford Road, it's a Catholic school, and I was there for 12 years. So I started there in grade one and went right through. And did they have a choir there? They did, and it's funny, but there wasn't really a choir, but we had compulsory music, and I didn't really love it. We always had to sing the Gregorian chant-type music, and then we had to sing at all the masses, and whenever somebody died, we had to sing at all the funerals. And then one year in the final uh, years, we had to do the Messiah because there was some anniversary. And I also didn't love it in the beginning. But funnily enough, the more we sang it, like with any music, the more I got to love it. And that was actually the beginning of me loving choir music. And so when I got to Witz, I realized I wanted to do that. But it was that piece that, that actually got me excited about choir singing. Oh. And you've certainly been a very loyal choir member ever since then. Now, if people want to find out a bit more about the school where you teach, can they look it up on the internet? Or is there information about it? Yes, we have a website called www.regis.org. And how do you spell Regis? R-E-G-I-S. R-E-G-I-S dot org. Because it's a not-for-profit. You know, if you're a not-for-profit, then you can end with O-R-G. Okay, so it's www.regis.org. Yes. And, that's and I want to can... add something yes. about Regis, if I may. Um, we run a program called REACH, R-E-A-C-H. And what happens is a lot of kids coming from um, backgrounds where they don't have a lot of money also don't have the skills to get into a top school. So we've started running a program which we run from grade 6 to 8 for any kid who's a Catholic in any school that wants to come to a really good high school, they come for three years on Saturdays and over the summer holidays and we build up their maths and their English and all the things they need so that they can actually get into a top school because otherwise they would just fail if they came in with no background and that's free. We interview all the parents and we look for parents of need and if the kid is really smart he can get a good chance to get into a really top high school. Yeah, well, I think there have been lots of bridging programs started by schools here in South Africa, too, uh, which do exactly the same thing. They try to prepare people to enter mainstream schooling because many people have been disadvantaged by 
either rural schools or schools which are not up to standard. So it's a, it's a great way to get top students to your school because kids are naturally intelligent. They just need to have it unlocked. Absolutely, yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, uh, I expect one of the pieces you, well, not Gregorian chant, you wouldn't have sung it, but uh, what's the connection with Da Comedy Alibama? Okay, so I'll just uh, also try and explain to people about the diversity in South Africa and this, and in the, in South, in, 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 in America, sorry, the colored really is somebody of color, but not the way our coloreds are. It's somebody who just isn't white, basically. And it's almost derogatory in a way when they talk about colored sometimes because of, you know, racism. And so I, I thought, you know, I try and explain that it's a culture here and the music is unique and it's a wonderful community. And this piece always illustrates that for me. And I was reading actually that it was a Confederate ship that landed in South Africa for, for fueling. And I didn't know that. And they got all friendly with the South Africans. Yeah, apparently I was just hearing about this now in Cape Town. It was like a pirate ship and they would travel, yeah. travel around and capture um, ships and so on and capture the goods on them for the for the south for the confederates yes, yes and i didn't know that at all but apparently yeah, yeah. So. well let's let's listen to it now da com di alibama that was a famous piece a south african piece called da com di alibama the choice of caroline christie who's my guest on people of note tonight now when I watched your program that you put out from St. Ignatius Church, one of the high points was a piece by Adolf Adam, the French composer, called Oh Holy Night. Yes, yes. And it had a very powerful soprano soloist. Yes, and what happens is we, we have two huge Christmas concerts every Christmas uh, in the church on the Sunday, uh, would be this Sunday, actually would have been last Sunday and the Sunday before, and it's with all the four choirs. And one of the pieces everyone waits for is for Wendy Baker singing this O Holy Night. And we always end with joy to the world and they come into O Come All You Faithful. And then we sing, each choir sings different pieces. But it's an absolutely sold out concert and it's anticipated every year. And it's absolutely beautiful. You come away just feeling that Christmas has arrived. And if people want to watch this online, can they do that? Um, I think it's only available until the uh, 26th, and um, I have the link, but it's. Uh, I think they may have placed it. I, I should, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's on the website. The church is St. Ignatius. They could search for St. Ignatius NYC. You have to have the NYC because that's New York City. So if they go to St. Ignatius Loyola NYC, they could look on the church's website. It might be there. Okay, I actually so haven't looked. Okay, so there you are. If you want to see, it's an amazing uh, recording, I must say, of all these. It's about an hour's worth of carols, well worth watching. And there must have been a huge amount of work put into it because I've done a couple of these and I know just how much work goes into them. And this has got some detail into it and complicated carols. So there, go to St. Ignatius Loyola NYC and see if you can find it because it's really worth watching. Uh, and here it is. This is one of the pieces on the program, O Holy Night. That was O Holy Night, a uh, hundred years of nine lessons and carols. I wasn't quite sure. Do you know who was singing the solo there? Um, no, I don't think I could find it. Um, yes. It was, it, yeah, it was, it, they don't name it. They just say King's College Choir. Yeah, but it's not your solos from St. Ignatius. No, 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 no. But I, I just want to say again, if people want to go to uh, St. Ignatius Loyola, NYC, you might find it there. Otherwise, if you want to find out more about the school where Caroline teaches, www.regis.org, and you can find out all the information there. Well, we're drawing towards the end of the program now, and uh, I just want to thank Caroline for coming on the program. Uh, I'm talking to her in New York. She is... Uh, in charge of technology integration and computer science at Regis High School, which is where she teaches. And uh, Caroline, have you got a lot of years left to teach? You don't have to retire in the States, do you? No, no, but I'm thinking of it. I think I'm going to go for about another year and then I think it's time. <laughs> and then what are your plans after that? Well, you can always coach, you know, there's a lot of need for, I can coach math, I've always coached math and I can coach computers 
and just, you know, relax and travel and do whatever. So that's my plan. And would you stay living where you're staying now? Less, yes. I'd just find somewhere, you know, eventually you have to look for somewhere for older people, I guess. But yeah, I'm definitely staying in New York. You find the vibe there good? Yes, and the people and the music. is. I didn't realize I hit the ground running when I came here because here's where all the classical music is appreciated and, and all the music I love and a lot of other states, it's not exactly the same. So you can go to a lot of concerts that you might enjoy there? Yes, so it's a huge music scene. You know, everything is happening here. So I don't think I'd leave here very easily. And is it easy for you to get to central New York from where you are? Yes, is there's it... a train that takes about 40 minutes from where I live, and it's in the city in no time. Fantastic. Well, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, you and your friends there. And please say hi or molo or dach or whatever it is you say to your South African friends in the States. In Chesien de Kersvies. We're going to play out with uh, African jazz and jive. Just tell us about the clarinet quella before we hear it. Well, again, I hadn't really heard. Uh, I missed African music when I left South Africa. And then I started buying up all these CDs. And this uh, group, I didn't really know them. But I play played this and the beat and the sound just talks to me. And so... It's one of many that I really love, and uh, I learned to get to know these groups because when we were in South Africa, none of this was played on the radio or anything like that that we could hear, you know, so um, it's beautiful. Well, you can certainly hear a lot of this on Classic 1027 now, and you're hearing it tonight. What you're going to hear now is clarinet quella. Uh, this is African jazz and jive. That was the clarinet quella, the final choice of my guest in People of Note, Caroline Christie who lives in New York and teaches at Regis High School. She's head of technology integration and computer science. I just want to say thank you, Caroline, for taking part in the program. And I hope you have a fantastic new year, which is just around the corner. And I hope that next year is a rather different one to 2020. And the 2021 brings us all sorts of new opportunities. But you take care. Thanks for being on the program. And uh, I hope, I really hope you have had a good Christmas and that uh, the new year, which is just around the corner, will be fantastic. Thank you, Richard. And yes, I hope so too, for everybody, that we have a much better year. Yeah, well, there we are. That's it from People of Note on this Sunday evening. And I'll be back with the full works each weekday evening from 6 to 9. So thanks for listening. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we say a very good night.